When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jason Beckerman. So uh, on the 4th of July, uh, the precipice of the 4th of July weekend, um, Jamie Spears has filed a legal doc that uh, is significant because we have not heard him yet address this black box uh, allegation, at least from a former employee from black box security, uh, that he bugged Britney's bedroom. Remember, the New York Times documentary had a whistleblower on who said uh, that there was all sorts of evidence that he had done this, that pe- that somebody was listening to her private conversations, whoever was in the bedroom talking to her kids and all. Jamie Spears has now said, it was not me, and I don't know anybody that would have done it, but he flatly denied it. Yeah, it's categorical denial. He says, I never conducted or authorized any surveillance of Britney's bedroom at any time, including during the conservatorship. I am not aware of any such surveillance having occurred. So there's no there's no daylight there. There's no daylight. I mean, look, and this is under penalty of perjury, yep. and you know Matt Rosengard, Britney's lawyer, is going to go after him like a pit bull. So if he is lying about this, Matt Rosengart would certainly go in for a contempt citation. And I don't think Jamie Spears... Potentially I, have him imprisoned as well, you know, thrown in jail for for, for, for uh, illegal, lying under oath as well. I, I Actually, I believe it's uh, Penal Code Section 632 uh, in California. <laughs> uh, there is a law that makes it a felony to record somebody without their permission in California. So um, I don't know. I mean... Listen, sometimes people lie, but this is, like you said, it's it's a uh, just a, a clear statement. I didn't do it. Right. And this is so this allegation has been out there for some time that he had he had the most explosive one. Yes. The most that he had planted. Right. There's a lot of allegations that he planted these these listening devices in her bedroom. He has never responded to them, and it's hard not to fill in the blanks when there's such a public accusation against a public person like that just in your mind to, to, to draw the conclusion there must be something there. Right. And so I think it's important that he came out. I'm surprised he li- If he has such a category I am surprised he waited denial, this long, too. surprised he waited this long. You sort of get out in front of these things a little bit. You create doubt in the public's mind. He didn't do that. He chose now, for whatever reason, uh, to come out. But again, I, the denial is absolute. It's not – there would have been ways to phrase this denial that a lot of – that the allegations she has made about me listening in her bedroom are false. You do it like that, there's wiggle room there because the allegations are not just single, you know, it's just not just one right. element, there's multiple here. No, but he was clear. He's clear. So, I don't know. I mean, we will see. Um, th- it's significant. Yeah. It is It is significant. Look, I mean, Brittany is trying to depose Jamie. Jamie is trying to depose Brittany. Each side seems to be objecting, although Jamie seems to be stalling more than objecting. Brittany is just flat out objecting. Yeah. Seems to me both of them are going to end up having to sit for a deposition. Without question. Yeah. Right. Without question. We have a lot of money at stake here. We have some serious allegations at stake here. Both of them have firsthand knowledge about the allegations that are many of the allegations that are making. Well, they, and, and the, in, in some ways, they're the only percipient witnesses. That's right. That's absolutely right. So they're essential to th- this case can't go forward unless you have the right to depose the opposite party. And that's going to happen 
sooner or later. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, we have a bunch to talk about. I, we we got to get into the Supreme Court in a bit. But Brittany Griner, I got to tell you, um, this is this is dire for her right now. Yep. Um, Russia basically has a kangaroo court. And, you know, pretty much everybody in the inside is saying she's going to be found guilty. If, in case you folks don't know, um, you know, they say that she tried to bring hash into hash oil in into the CD, country yeah, yeah. and they have imprisoned her since February. Uh, her trial started today. Interestingly, she wore a Jimi Hendrix T-shirt. There is significance to that because in the late 60s, Jimi Hendrix was tried for uh, drug possession. Uh, I believe it might have been an airport as well where yep. he was stopped in Toronto. Uh, he was tried for it and found not guilty and uh, had said all along he was framed. And I think by wearing that T-shirt... Uh, number one, it telegraphs to people in the United States how she feels about this. And it's also interesting that in a way she has no faith in the Russian justice system, which she shouldn't have, because that might incite them even more. But it seems like she doesn't care at this point because she knows what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, this has got to be resolved diplomatically. And if it's not resolved diplomatically, she is staring at 10 years. This is one of the saddest things I can imagine. Yep. She carried a little bit of ha CBD oil uh, through Allegedly. The, allegedly. Uh, and she, and now she faces up to 10 years in prison. She's already been there and the, the trial is going to last apparently with delays through December, they expect. So even by the end of the trial, she would have been in prison in Russia almost a year for a full, for just about a full year for such a minimal crime. Clearly she is used, being used in a dip as a diplomatic pawn, uh, between Russia and the West. And, and, you know, and this goes to Brittany's, uh, wife who was on CNN begging the president of the United States to intervene. Well, not just begging, but also really complaining that the government hasn't done as much as they should. Do you trust that the maximum amount of effort is being put forward to, to bring BG home? No, I don't. And and I hate to say that because I do trust that they're the, the persons working on this are very genuine people. That I do believe. Um, but I don't think the maximum amount of effort is being done because, again, the rhetoric and the actions don't match. You know, when you have a situation where BG can call our government, the embassy, 11 times and that phone call don't get answered, you don't have my trust at that point until I see actions that are in BG's best interest. It would have been in her best interest for her phone call to have been answered. Got to say. That's shocking if she called 11 times yeah. and they didn't. That's kind of shocking. It, it is kind of shocking. I, I'd like to know the details of that, honestly. Um, but but look, I, I mean, the truth is that the United States government has, frankly, bigger fish to fry with the Russian government than Brittany Griner. I feel terrible for her. But is this, of all the issues that are being discussed, where there's this war, horrible war waging in Eastern Europe right now, is Brittany Griner really topic number one for the I, Biden administration. I, I, I think it's it's there's a there's some symbolism to this. But also remember, she is an American citizen yeah. who, you know, is on a professional basketball team that somehow, you know, is become a pawn yeah. in this war. And yeah, I mean, we sometimes do make a big deal out of a single person 
even though there are so many other things going on, because there really is a point here yeah. that goes beyond just Brittany Griner. I mean, it's the point of what, you know, the, the, listen, and, 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 you know, it's almost embarrassing to talk about this, that an American should get this kind of attention when hundreds of Ukrainians are dying every day. Right. Nonetheless, you know, this is our citizen and what they've done is awful. Yeah. And, you know, you can do two things at the same time. You, you know, in this case, you can do 20 things at the same time. You, you, you can. I, I hear you. There's no, there's no right answer to this. I mean, I see, I see bombs landing on shopping malls in Ukraine. I know. And I'm just like, the idea that, the, that diplomatic, not going to be the president, but diplomatic channels are going to go about this one person. But you're, well, but you're right. You can do two things at once. There can be diplomatic back channels for Brittany Griner's release. The Russians are clearly going to want something in exchange. Uh, and, I, I, you know, we don't know what those things are. And I feel I feel terrible for Brittany and, and her wife as well. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So um, I, I want to talk about the Supreme Court. Um Look, Jason and I are both lawyers, and you know, in law school especially, you study the role of the Supreme Court, you know, and what its function is. And look, you know, there's this whole thing about strict construction, you know, versus accepting the Constitution as a living, breathing document. The reality is, I think, that whichever way you cut it, the Supreme Court does get involved in social issues. And usually it's behind on social issues mm -hmm. where things kind of ruminate in, in society and find their way up to the court eventually where they deal with it. Traditionally, it seems like the court's trajectory has been to embrace and expand the rights of people, the equality yeah. of people, even, you know, with conservative courts, with liberal courts. Over time, the over long time, history, there's right? an arc yeah. of preserving and pushing, I, you know, and I, I don't want to get too technical, but there was a justice named Benjamin Cardoza. He was on, for a long time, he was on the New York Court of Appeals, which is the High Court of New York. And he created products liability law. And he did it by... Um, taking narrow cases and pushing the idea that manufacturers owe a duty to make sure products that they sell are safe. That was never in the law. Right. But he created this whole doctrine with the help of the other judges on the court. But that's what judges to often do. So I, I think what we're seeing now is the same kind of kind of social involvement but it's going in a completely different direction. We have never seen, to, to the exact point you're making, we have never seen a retreat from what people considered more liberalism on the court. Now, not, not to judge it at all, but, we, but the allowance of individual liberty to do what you want 
without government interference ha- expands over time. Um, individuals, employee rights, uh, uh, crim- per- criminal defendants' rights, the Miranda rights, rights. and then, Moran versus Board of Education, right. which, by the way, overruled right. a long-standing precedent of yep. separate but equal. And now we have seen we have seen in the last few days this incredible retreat from progressivism. And I think that's the point. Yeah. And just in the last few days, yes, gun control, abortion, climate change, yes. You know, All religion, religion, religion. Right. Uh, you know, it, 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 it feels like, you know, uh, it almost feels like Congress should be doing all of these things, right. dealing with these issues. Right. And Congress is stalled, but right. the court is just plowing, I, I want to say ahead, yeah. but in a way behind. There's this, there's this sort of thought that people have, things people say where elections don't matter. I don't really want to vote, especially here to run younger people. The election of 2016 could be the most consequential event of a 50 or 60 year period in American history. Donald Trump's victory by a very small margin over Hillary Clinton changes everything. Yeah, because for of, because decades. of three justices. Yes, but what you also have to realize about that is that the right wing of the Republican Party has been planning this for decades. Yes. And everybody wonders, well, how would they have done that for decades? What you have to do is it's the people you put on the trial court level who then get elevated to the uh, to the court of appeals and then ultimately they're the candidates for the US Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an arc where it's not just who am I going to point to the Supreme Court, but loading up the federal trial judges, yep. then elevating people to the Court of Appeals and populating it with so many people that you start, you know, right. you have the ability to pick and choose. That's what they've done. And, you know, <laughs> bec- I, I was thinking yesterday um, that that um, when Breyer resigned, I wonder if he did this because of what he saw with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that he that he was worried that in Biden's third year, they would try to block anybody that he might nominate the way they did with uh, Merrick Garland. Well, yeah, that was Scalia's death, right? Then Obama appoints Merrick Garland, wants to appoint Merrick Garland, but Mitch McConnell says that vote will never go to the floor. We have an election in a year. Right. We're going to allow the election 2016. And it seems like he was really concerned about that, underscored by Ruth Bader Ginsburg not resigning. But I I think Mitch McConnell has come out and said that no, not as long as we have the Senate, no Democratic nominee will ever reach the floor, which is a huge departure from what we've seen for 230 years of our country's history. The country country has changed. Yeah. Um, With Ketanji Brown-Jackson, something really struck me. They uh, that there are two black justices now in the U.S. Supreme Court, both of whom have interracial marriages. Yep. The reason I think that's important is that Clarence Thomas, when he said in Roe versus Wade in his concurring opinion that there are other things now in the chopping block like gay marriage, um, like uh, 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 con- contraception, contraception. Regular, yeah, he conveniently left out the protection of interracial marriage. Yes. And it seems to me that can be squarely addressed now by Ketanji Brown-Jackson, that if he chooses to ignore it, she can then right. really kind of mount a... Right, because until the 60s, interracial marriage was illegal in many states. Right. Clarence Thomas and others may very well be of the view that if states want to outlaw interracial marriage, 
that's okay. States have absolute rights to govern their citizens, and that's okay. And the federal government cannot step in and protect or bar states from putting those laws in place. Right. I, you know, it, it is really alarming. Um, this court feels, you know, it's so funny that on the one hand, they say they're strict constructionists suggesting that we simply look at what the Constitution right. says. The reality is they are more aggressive in terms of their social agenda yes. than prior courts. Right. And Don't you think? I, I absolutely do. I think there's two or three justices that are specifically aggressive in that respect. Like a Neil Gorsuch guy, I, I he to me huh, is- Did you know- who Neil Gorsuch's mom is? Yeah, she's a former Secretary of Agriculture, and, and it was uh, what she was the EPA. EPA, she yes, was yeah, the that's e right. no, but when she under Ronald Reagan. Yeah, th right? th this is what's so shocking. Yeah. I, I read this last night, and I had just forgotten it that his mom ran the EPA and tried to dismantle yes. it and was like bragging that she has condensed the regulations from six inches in thickness to a half an inch. Yeah. And she was just going, she did everything she could yeah. to dismantle the EPA. And then her son yeah. is on the court and does basically her work yesterday yes. with the, the ruling on on yeah. carbon emissions but 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 Neil Gorsuch really believes these things fi defy the constitution that these kinds of laws restricting the that government is is overreaching this is what this man believes I, I don't know how to put it I don't think he's a political hack I think Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito are arguably political hacks meaning they are and Jenny Thomas you know showed that through a correspondence I got to tell you Jason I disagree with you Neil Gorsuch's Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh lied to the Senate. Yes. That makes them political hacks. Well, that makes them ambitious. That makes them political hacks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I hear the point. I hear the, I, point. I, I, yeah. the Supreme Court, look, the Supreme Court has always been involved in social issues. So yeah. you can't say, gee, how could the court insert itself? It's done that forever. It's the way it's doing it now, the regressiveness. Yes. And, and you know, I got to tell you, I'm now old enough that I remember a lot of this stuff. I mean, I, for some reason, as a kid, as I was just always really interested in this. And I remember, you know, at the beginning of the civil rights movement, I remember the separate but equal. I remember yeah. certainly gay rights and, you know, that it was illegal to act on being gay. Yeah. I, I remember all of this stuff. And I also remember, you know, in my lifetime in Los Angeles, how you know, smog was just choking this city yep. and it got better. And, you know, I've seen it bad and I've seen it better. And it seems like this, you know, on a global scale now, we're just in huge trouble. Huge, huge trouble. I, I hate to say uh, it's that. true. No, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. You're I right. want to end with something fun. I did not know about this. Bobby Bonilla Day. Do you, do you know about this? I know all about Bobby Bonilla I, I, Day. You just, just tell everybody. This is such a great story. So Bobby Bonilla, once upon a time, was an excellent Major League Baseball player. 2001. Yeah, well, he retired in— 2001. He retired in 2001, in two, so the, and he was owed about $6 million by the New York Mets. They entered into a deferred payment plan where he wouldn't get the $6 million up front. They, apparently the Mets— we're making money through investments hand over fist. And they said, well, we don't want to give you the $6 million now. Instead, we're going to invest that. And as a result of deferring this, starting in 2011, Bobby, you are going to get $1.2 million every year on July 1st, every year 
for 25 years. A total payout of $30 million. So leave your $6 million with us now, and in 10 years, you will get 25 payments totaling $30 million. Bobby says, great idea. Well, every July, it's July 1st, Bobby Bonilla got his check for $1.2 million. And it's Bobby Bonilla Day. And it is Bobby Bonilla Day. I mean, it is so the lottery before the lottery. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. un, it is the lottery. It's like, which do you want? Do you want the payout now or do you want to do defer? I mean, it's crazy. And everybody says, take the payout over time. You get a lot more money. And take it's the true. money now. It's absolutely true. Holy smokes, yeah. though. I mean, Bobby Bonilla made a ton of money during his career, but he hasn't done anything in 20 years. Why should he? Why should he? He gets a nice check for, for, I mean, after taxes, think about it. On, on July 1st, he gets a check for, let's call it $700,000 every year. W- one check, one day. For, that's free and clear. Free and, that's that's after taxes. After taxes. Yeah, $700,000. This is crazy. It's insanity. I wonder if the if the Mets, I mean, they, they apparently, lo- the Wilbon family who owns the Mets lost hundreds of millions of dollars in the Bernie Madoff scandal when it all, when it all collapsed. And so not only did they make a terrible deal with Bobby Bonilla, they didn't even take advantage of the $6 million they wanted to invest and turn into something else. They just got hosed on both sides of this, that family did, and it's got to gall them when they write this check every year. Do they ever celebrate it in the stadium? I mean, do, do fans come I, in with Bobby Bonilla? I, I think so. I mean, it's well-known in baseball circles. I wonder, in the Mets, they say, our team is terrible, but Bobby Bonilla got his check. It's like all the players are like, how do I get in on that Bobby Bonilla action? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> there are other people who have gotten deferred deals like this, and you get sometimes twice as much money as you otherwise yeah, would. This is, this is four, to- four or five times as much money. Yeah. Okay, everybody, have a great fourth, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.